0: Welcome to the podcast of St. Basil the Great Catholic Church in Brecksville, Ohio, with homilies, talks, and interviews relevant to your Catholic faith. God bless you and enjoy. This past week, I was in our PSR building and our preschool building, just checking it out, still trying to figure out what keys open which doors. So in the evening time, it's a nice little rattling around to figure out which one does what. And uh, I went in there during the day and I got to meet some of the preschool teachers and some of the people that are just working so hard to just make sure the kids are safe when they come back. And it was from there that I recorded my weekly video. I'm not sure if you're aware, but I'm beginning to do a weekly video, two minutes probably. It's up on Facebook, Twitter, it's on our website. And it's just giving you a little glimpse of what's been going on in the parish this week. And in there, I give us a little snapshot, maybe a little appetizer of what we're going to experience at our Sunday celebration of the mass. And in there, I said, buckle up because Jesus seems a little intense this week. As we all like the cuddly Jesus, right? Where he's merciful and kind, lavish in forgiveness and all of that's true. But we, it seems like in this week, he's like having a bad day or we don't, it just seems like I don't want to meet that Jesus really ever. But I said in the video, and I need to say it again because it's a good orienting quote for us, is 1,700 years ago, St. Augustine said, if you pick and choose the scripture passages you want, what you worship is yourself, not God. Challenging but at least in my mind, makes sense. In our hearts, we still kind of scurry. Isn't there a way around? Or I'm sure there's some other quote I would like to hear instead. But nonetheless, what it invites us to do is lean into what's going on. So what is going on in this week? What is going on with Jesus? Well, I want to let you know what Jesus is trying to do in your life and in mine, what he's been trying to do for 2,000 years is transform us into himself to take us who have brokenness and blessedness who are sometimes selfish irrational impatient judgmental you name a sin sometimes we're falling into them and he's trying to draw us into his own way of living and thinking and loving and that the heart of it is the notion of gift A gift is something that can't be earned. A gift is something that you're not owed, otherwise it's called a payment. A gift is simply sheer generosity on the giver's part. And if you're the recipient, you just have to receive. Now we know that this is awkward for us because there was a study done and it said it was something like 85% of people prefer to be the one giving a gift at a party than the one receiving the gift at the party. Because everyone's around you and it's oddly vulnerable and you just have to receive and say thank you. It's much more comfortable to be the giver. But in our relationship with God, God is always the one giving. So let's see how this plays out in this week's gospel passage. So this Canaanite woman is coming to Jesus. Now, Canaanite woman means she was not a part of the chosen people. She wasn't Jewish. right? She was a Gentile. And she's coming to Jesus with this deep desire for healing for her daughter. And as she's taking her desires and drawing near to Jesus with them, she begins by using what we might say fancy language. Jesus, son of David, have pity on me. Now for a Jew, that would have been the language that would have been authentic. But for a foreign woman, it has a little bit of a taste of trying to impress him trying to win him over. And this is the first lesson, is Jesus can't be impressed. He can't be convinced. Like my brother, my uncle, my dad, my whole family is a bunch of salesmen, right? And I love sales. It's a good competition enthralling and competitive. But you're not going to sell Jesus into honoring your prayer requests. He's Jesus. He's God. He's the creator of the stars. But so often when we go to pray, especially when we're praying for something we really desire, we treat Jesus like a vending machine. If I can insert some fancy theological spiritual language, Oh, you are the good God, and I know you are always good. When we insert this into the vending machine, He has to give us a divine goodie. But see, Jesus doesn't endorse that posture. Because it isn't the posture of one who realizes his love and his grace is a gift. I remember my first year at the seminary, I was studying philosophy, and I was loving it. Even in my free time, I was reading Aristotle. Could you imagine that? And he's going on about being and essence, and later on, that God's essence is the existence. Well, I came home on break, and I was telling some of my friends, and You know, really impressive stuff. And my one friend is like, What are you talking about? And I got so angry because they challenged my impressive posture. And I found this stuff really cool and exciting. But what they were really doing was saying, Who are you talking to? We've known you for 15 years, we've done all the dumb stuff with you. Now you're going to quote Aristotle at us all of a sudden? And see, this is the main lesson is relationships deepen through transparency and sincerity, not through impressive dialogue and fancy words. Now, as a church, we have theological language because we're dealing with sacred mysteries and we need Thomas Aquinas' and all these brilliant people to give nuances so we can understand and live rightly. When it comes to prayer time with you and your God, transparency and sincerity is the name of the game let's go to one more lesson all of a sudden jesus talks about her as like being like a dog right? isn't that nice i don't think we could put that on bumper stickers and increase mass attendance so we're going to keep that just for here right so jesus calls this woman says listen i don't take food from kids and give it to dogs right and she's like listen even the dogs get scraps what's going on here? Well, so often when we get challenged, when when there's like a threat against our self-made image, we lash out. We get argumentative and yell and scream, or we go to everyone else and tell them how bad that person was and how awfully they treated us. Because really, it's our egos that got pinched. And so it comes out of us. But here, this Canaanite woman, Jesus is using her as an example that he doesn't get to, she doesn't get defensive. She's not clinging to some sort of, I'm super impressive. She needs God. And fine, if I need to be a dog, call me a dog. I have a desire, Lord, for this prayer to be answered, and I'm not backing off of this. The power of this is that simply so often we operate out of titles and impressive things. Like, I don't know if you're aware of this, but I'm the administrator of St. Basil the Great. Like, I'm not in charge of St. Basil the Mediocre, right? And just Jesus is like, I was there when we created the stars. Are you, do you really think, ooh? Like, we do nice and good things, but compared to God, remember, he's trying to teach us how to be in relationship with him. And so he's saying, you don't do something to earn my attention and love. It's freely given. It's a gift. And it keeps challenging our egos that want to earn and prove and accomplish. Here's a more subtle form of this one. My good friend was sharing with me one time how in his own journey of his interior life and walk with God, he was discovering that he was developing an affection for things that were wrong in his life. Meaning, when things were going bad, he was realizing he got a lot of attention and love from people, and so he was starting to like it. What he was really developing was this victim mentality of, boy, if everything's wrong or I'm hurting and things are bad, I get all this love and attention. He started transferring that to God as if he were virtuous and holy, the Lord would leave him and move on to someone else once again. God's relationship with you, his love for you, is a gift. It can't be earned. And this woman in the gospel says, Lord, even the dogs eat the scraps from the tables of their masters. Meaning, Lord, even the dogs are begging. I'm begging. I'm begging. I'm not trying to be impressive. I'm just here totally dependent on your goodness and your kindness. Let me end with this story. There was a Christian musician named Rich Mullins in the late 90s, I believe. And I mean, if you like his music, great, but his story is unbelievable. He was going around performing all these concerts and shows, and he was making millions of dollars. But he was very impressed with the gospel challenge to live poverty. So he felt called by God to live poverty. So he told his uh, agent, I only want to receive annually what the average American receives. That's it. So he had no idea how much he made. He owned one pair of jeans, a few shirts, barefoot, drove around the country putting on concerts. He preached beautifully, and his music was very inspiring. What a lot of people didn't know is at night he'd go back to the motel room and drink until he blacked out. He was an alcoholic. And one day he finally was introduced to a really well-known great preacher, this Protestant pastor And he met up with him for coffee, and the Protestant pastor said, you know, I've been on and off the wagon more times than I can count. And he held up a chip, and he said, three months sober. And Rich Mullen said, that's amazing. He goes, no, I've had a six-month, I've had a five-year, I've had a one-month. It's just, this is the new one right now. And Rich Mullen said, how are you so free to just share your brokenness? He said, oh, it's because me and you were all just ragamuffins. And Rich Mullins, of course, said, I'm sorry, what's a ragamuffin? He said, a ragamuffin is someone who knows all they are and all they'll ever be is a beggar at the door of God's mercy. God's never going to be like, ooh, I had no idea you were capable of that. We're just beggars at God's mercy. We're not beggars because he doesn't care about us. We're beggars because we do not have within ourselves what we need to fulfill ourselves. It's in the Lord, and he's eager to bless us, but he doesn't want to bless our prayers until we recognize it's a sheer gift. The church knows this, and at every Mass, when you come forward for communion, we don't just put the ciborium on a pole and say, just come on up. You don't get it for yourself. You don't come up and do a little curtsy or a fancy speech, and then I say, "Well done. Here's your Eucharist." You just come up and if you receive on the hand, hands open, totally receptive, just receiving the gift of God himself. And so this way, maybe a little this week, maybe a little reflection, is just, where's our heart? Have we been relating to God out of earning, proving, accomplishing, grasping, getting? Have even our religious practices turned into that? Well, I pray a rosary because therefore he has to bless me. We don't force God's hands. He loves us. It's a gift. And so if you're in that posture, just simply, Lord, would you change my heart? And if you are operating out of this beautiful, dependent, trusting, childlike openness to thank God for all the times he's been faithful, for our God not only is a gift giver,